Welcome to the Outdoor States Podcast, a series of live conversations with the thinkers, the advocates, the businesses, and the state officials who are fueling a national movement in outdoor recreation, one state at a time. As an outdoor rec economy advocate myself in the state of Vermont, I've been having conversations with people around the country about this topic for the last several years, and and repeatedly I'm just blown away by how interesting these people are, how insightful they are, how passionate they are on this topic. So I decided to make a podcast. And yeah, I'm going to admit it's not going to be the best audio for every call. And yes, this is a little low budget and definitely a desktop publishing job. But I think what's really important here are the people that are on the phone. They have a remarkable passion, uh, incredible local perspectives, and, um, and are really willing to share what they're doing so that we can all learn from it. And today on Outdoor States, we are lucky to have a conversation with Jeff Steinborn from New Mexico. Jeff is a really a triple threat in the outdoor recreation movement. He is an organizer, a legislator, and an advocate. Uh, he was uh, the organizer of last May's Outdoor Economics Conference in New Mexico, which brought together really, uh, really the A-team of national outdoor recreation advocates, as well as businesses from around the state of New Mexico to talk about, to talk about the connection between public lands and local economies. Uh, he's also a legislator in the New Mexico State House and has been really one of the chief proponents uh, of an Office of Outdoor Recreation at the state level. Um, and he's also a conservationist working with New Mexico Wild. Really an interesting guy, uh, great conversation, a few technical bumps, but uh, hopefully you enjoy it. So Jeff Steinborn, um, you know, it's interesting, you know, a lot of people have, you know, one role in the outdoor recreation, economic movement. Some people have two roles. I think I've got you down for at least three. <laughs> I mean, you're a you're an advocate with New Mexico Wild. You're an organizer of the Outdoor Economics Conference. And you're a legislator who's pr- proposing an office of outdoor recreation. I mean, uh, how, do you, uh, how do you fit it all in? I'm like a street juggler. I keep all these balls in the air and uh, try to keep them all moving forward in the right direction. So it's, it's just part of my life. You know, as a, as a legislator, I'm, I'm used to uh, juggling a lot of different policy issues I'm working on. And... and um, and the same is true with my employment, and and I'm, I'm blessed to be able to do conservation work for a living. So, although generally my legislative work and my policy work uh, 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 day job do not cross over at all, here is a situation where I started working on the opposite of the record, just independent of of my work. So I'm you know passionate about conservation, so it, it bleeds into. Everything I do. Well, it's it's interesting. So you know, you um, you grew up in New Mexico, right? And you have been um, working as an advocate uh, for New Mexico Wild for several years. Was is that uh, how long have you been doing that? And were you doing something before that? Oh yeah, it feels like my whole life. But no, I I started uh, working for New Mexico Wild back in uh, literally two thousand and five. Nice. So it's been 13, 13 years now, and in fact, I was the first person hired to see what we could do to protect the Oregon Mountains. And 10 years later, that morphed into several different campaigns, and ultimately resulted in the Oregon Mountain Death. That, that's right. Standing, that, next to Pres- 
Yeah. Yeah, you broke up a little bit there, but it's you, you, you said that um, the work ended up in the designation of the Oregon Mountains National Monument, and that's... Um, that's a pretty big deal. And so how so did was that the ask originally when you started in 2005? Not at all. Originally when I was hired, uh, my organization wanted to uh, see what we could do to protect this incredible mountain range outside of Las Cruces, the Oregon Mountains. And uh, little did we know that uh, our senior senator was about to introduce a bill to protect the wilderness study areas around our county, which are about... Um, 220,000 acres, but also was proposing to sell off about 65,000 acres of land in that same bill, an area twice the size of our city. So needless to say, um, that then triggered a massive effort to stop that bill and but resurrect and, and, and hang on to the notion that we should be protecting the wilderness around the county. And our Oregon Mountain Bill very quickly morphed into a campaign to protect the wilderness around the county. And then ultimately, when Congress took a very hard right turn, they stopped doing any conservation anywhere in the country, a lot of campaigns then started uh, considering the use of the Antiquities Act to appeal to the president to protect these areas. And that opportunity then allowed us to, to even kind of look more holistically at our landscape here so then a 320,000 acre wilderness national conservation campaign morphed into a, uh, a 480,000 acre national monument. So yeah, it, was, it, it uh, went from one mountain to basically many of the biggest mountains around the county getting protected 10 years later in a monument. Which is which is amazing. And now that that's all going on at the same time that... Um the White Sands National Monument is trying to be designated as a national park. Is that right? And, and how does that, how's the, where is the sort of time overlap there? Oh, well, that, that's a very recent thing. I mean, that, that has been like the last year or two. Senator Heinrich, uh, uh, one of our U.S. senators in New Mexico, began doing work in that county, yeah, to uh, explore turning that national monument into a national park and have a lot of trips. So that, but he's just introduced that bill, I want to say, um, in the last year. In fact, in May, I think he introduced the bill. So that's, that's itself was designated, the Oregon Mountain Desert Peak was designated in 2014, and that campaign that produced that ultimately started 10 years before that. So those are two efforts. Gotcha. So two, two separate efforts there. Now, yeah. You know, it's interesting, you know, you, you've been a conservationist for a while. You've been, you know, an advocate for for public lands for a while. When did when did you start sort of uh, elevating the role of economics as part of this conversation? Was that always um, on your radar screen? It's, it seems, you know, uh, to me that nationally that's really been that's really been the, the sort of glass ceiling that we've broken through in this conversation. You know, I, I, was, I was talking about in, in our conservation effort here to try to protect our really beautiful public land here in Doniana County outside Las Cruces. And, and I think a lot of times people who, uh, some business people or others may have a perception that, you know, protecting the environment is just about tree hugging. 
when in reality it's also about growing a good economy, creating outdoor recreation jobs. And I was, so I was doing my best to help educate business people and chambers of commerce and realtors organizations that, hey, protecting these lands will protect the goose that laid the golden egg. And, uh, you know, fight with people who would say, well, no, no, you're taking away land that can be developed. And so we'd have these, we'd have these arguments. And um, so actually back in, I want to say, 2008 or nine, we actually held a, a different economics event called Wilderness Economics. And, but it had the same tagline, creating jobs from protected public land. But we had, it was in Las Cruces, it was a one-day event. We brought in, again, speakers from all over the West, from Jackson Hole, Wyoming, to, uh, uh, to California and, and other places that were really involved in promoting outdoor rec to show about, and Headwaters Economics, to talk about how protected public lands in those communities enjoy faster wage growth and job growth. So we've been talking economics for a long time, and uh, now, of course, that the monument's been designated, people are seeing the fruits of that. We're seeing uh, we've had a doubling of visitation to the Oregon Mountains um, just since it was designated just a few years ago. We've had create around the National Monument, including an incredible apparel company called Oregon Mountain Outfitters, Folks should look that up online right now. It has become nothing less than a kind of a phenomenal success story, and they donate part of the proceeds to feed kids. We have bottles of wine. A winery here has created three different varieties of wine around the National Monument, the Oregon Mountain Symphony and the Desert Peaks. Desert Peaks. So, and I, and I could go on and on. So it's been a big success story. So now people get it, and people, and as I predicted years ago, that within five years of getting designated, you have a hard time finding anyone who was opposed to it, <laughs> people that were opposed to it. The people that are opposed to it are now promoting it on their home pages or their website, uh, and that's exactly what's happening here. So it's, the proof is in the pudding, but, you know, of course, now we have a president who, frankly, uh, has come after our national monuments and put them under threat. So once we you know, new monument here, we had a very unconstitutional friendly congressman who's now out of office. Uh, who, but he, uh, you know, he was trying to work to get the new president to hurt this monument, even though almost every local government in our county wanted to protect it. So because of that, we we had to really once again show our best face. And uh, so, you know, focusing on economics is a way of also strengthening the value of those public lands to the community. And that's what we did here. And actually, the conference came out of a little bit of that need, the Outdoor Economics Conference, that that felt like that's what we needed to do to, to once again help this community embrace this incredible asset that we had protected, utilize it, and then the act of doing so would obviously show Washington, D.C. that we wanted them to keep their hands off public lands right so the this is the uh the outdoor recreate or i'm sorry the outdoor economics conference from last may right right and, and that was and so uh, you know it's interesting if you uh, and we'll put the the link to the bio up there that was a pretty epic speaker list an attendee list that you had at that event um and i wonder it's interesting you know sort of watching what's happening around the west and watching what's happening with the transfer movement and the federal 
um, resistance or skepticism about public lands. This is one of those few um, actual success stories in public lands, as opposed to trying to play defense. This is one of sort of a celebration of successful offense. And I'm wondering if that might have helped to like bring so many bodies into your conference last May. And you know what? I would like to say yes, but actually it was the idea of the conference itself that, that uh, first of all, our speakers love to tell their stories and they're kind of adventurous by nature. So, so they you know, when they got the opportunity to come to Southern New Mexico and be a part of a cool conference, they were they all kind of jumped on it. I was really pleasantly pleased to see how supportive the outdoor recreation community and those leaders are to share their story and to help other communities. So they just needed a phone call, and we had to do a lot of research to figure out who were the people that brought the most value to the conference that made it valuable for the people who attended it. And um, so, but beyond that, you know. Our main customer for the conference were New Mexico communities that wanted to do, like Las Cruces was learning how to do, which is how to embrace your public lands. And we are a state rich with diverse public lands and outdoor recreation opportunities. How could communities embrace that to you know, help up their economies? And um, what we found is communities all over the state just get it. It's just who we are as New Mexicans, and it's part of what we're blessed with here, aside from a lot of green chili and other stuff. <laughs> but, um, but and so when we put it out there to the state and we created, made it an affordable conference, we got incredible response from all corners of the state. And again, we were, we, the conference ended up being attended by uh, representatives of 28 different communities across the state, including, you know, areas that have traditionally been dependent on the oil and gas industry, um, urban communities, and all points in between. We had tour operators come. So it's just, it's an idea, growing jobs from protected public lands that kind of sells itself to New Mexicans. And we just, we were the organizer. And so, you know, that that conference, you were the primary organizer. Did you have a, a, a group working with you and, and backing you on that? Or how was, how was the structure, how was that, that conference organized? So, yeah, my organization, the Alliance, we were the organizers of it. Um, I worked with my colleague, uh, Nathan Small, who's also a state representative, and another colleague, Gerencia Nunez, who who just started about a month before the conference and, and she, two years in the Peace Corps in Panama. She's amazing, and she's also from Doniana County. So uh, we did, yeah, the lion's share of all the logistics, and then we had some partner organizations in the community, like Ross Cruz, the Green Chamber of Commerce, who are part of it, and had some good funders who helped underwrite much of it. Um, and so... But also, you know, the city of Las Cruces, our local government, helped to set up the funding as did another local town, yeah. and, um, and then some other conservation groups. So, yeah, our organization, the New Mexico Wilderness Alliance, we spearheaded it, and it was our initiative. And, you know, it was interesting. I looked at um, a couple things before, before today and saw that sort of your advance PR about the event uh, was saying you were hoping for around 150 and... You know, having done lots of PR in the past, you know, I know when you say you're expecting 150, you're probably likely looking at 100 confirmed. However, after the event, 
um, estimates for attendance was well over 200. So um, I'm just wondering, you know, in terms of how, how did you decide who to invite and uh, where did this yeah. where did the surprise attendees show up from? You know, we, we did an interesting sponsorship where we created scholarships for communities to attend the conferences. And we worked with the New Mexico Municipal League, who represents local governments around the state. And they actually put out a call for communities that wanted a scholarship to attend the conference. And uh, so that was that was one that was one kind of strategy. And, and, uh, and we ended up getting response again from all of the state. Who, who got that email and said, yes, yeah, you know, our economic development director would like to go, our city council would like to go. Those were our planners. Those were the level of people that were coming to the conference. We also invited people from areas with active um, public land initiatives and campaigns going on um, to help to use it as a conservation education opportunity to frankly, create some advocates and, and uh, you know, towns like Alan McGordo here, or like the National Monument, but it's a big park, or in Grant County near the Gila Wilderness, where a lot of work's going around. Got it. So, so we also, we, we take the yeah, real targeted invitations to all these councils, because we wanted those community leaders to show up, or business leaders from those communities to also come to campus education. And you had quite a um, quite the headliners too. I mean, you had Senator um, uh, Heinrich yeah. uh, with his with the White Sands National Monument um, uh, announcement, as well as the Headwaters um, Economic Study. C- can you talk a little bit about that Headwaters study? That certainly seemed to be one of the more meaty local economic impact studies on outdoor recreation and connection to public land that I've seen in a while. You know, they had a lot of economics. There's a lot of good research on um, the performance of economies to protect land compared to other forms of land use in those communities, whether it's extractive industries or whatnot. So really, there, and then they've also done some work over the years on county and the county economy. But, but I think most of their analysis was just educating. Because, you know, we had people from all over the state, and our focus was just educating people more generally on, the performance of protecting lands and promoting public lands and as opposed to other forms of land use. And that was what his, his presentation really was, was it was a broader of those issues. Gotcha. And it's interesting, um, a lot of the a lot of the conferences that people have around the country around outdoor recreation sort of seem to be divided into two camps. You know, one is one is really sort of a listening event where they're just trying to get people in and kind of field their interest and see what they want to do and see where they're, where, where their challenges and their opportunities are. And other ones are really sort of, as you were saying, you know, building advocates and um, almost uh, informing the group. Uh, what would you describe that Outdoor Economics Conference as in terms of, sort of the balance between listening and talking? Yeah, I, I would say our event was kind of a mix. Um, uh, you know, it was certain people wanted people to ask questions, and we had good networking networking opportunities for people. In fact, at the very beginning of the conference, the first thing I did, even though I had a room of over 200 people, I wanted people to 
meet each other and to recognize how you, all of New Mexico was in that room. So I had every single person introduce themselves. Wow. And we went around the room and, and it was an incredible just kind of icebreaker for people to then be able to, hey, wow, you know, see that the guy from the county next to him was in the room. Or maybe, you know, from across the state, but involved in something they wanted to learn about. So we, we were, we, it was definitely both listening and talking. Um, and in the future, uh, we would like to do even more of the talking part of it as far as uh, people being inter inter interact with the panelists and kind of hands-on workshop type of opportunities. We, we, that was feedback we got as people would love even more opportunities engaged rather than just listening, albeit to good information. So that's something we look to build on this coming year's conference. Right, and so now you have um, already set a date for the next Outdoor Economics Conference in 2019 uh, in the fall, correct? We have, and uh, we're going to be October 3rd and 4th of 2019. We have announced that we're going to be in Silver City, New Mexico. Fantastic. Which, which is home of the Gila Wilderness, and uh, the Gila River, and also along the uh, Continental Divide Trail. Beautiful mountain town, frontier town in southwestern New Mexico. So yeah, that, that's where it's going to be going down, and we, it is up on the website, outdoorecanfixnm.com. I'll also say the, the announcement of that event was really great. We had the mayor and the Chamber of Commerce, and again, it was another one of these kind of diverse the people coming together for to promote outdoor recreation and that is on the new mexico wilderness alliance facebook page new mexico wilderness alliance we just made that announcement um gosh i want to say the beginning of of november i'm sorry which yeah. the, the 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 date announcement is that what you're talking about uh, oh yeah yeah uh-huh Fantastic. And of November, yeah, yeah, on the New Mexico Wilderness Alliance Facebook page. And, you know, in terms of, you know, it's interesting. I mean, the, the 2018 event last May was certainly very successful. Um, the 2019 event will be, you know, be a, you know, thing, things are changing quickly out there. Is, do you have an idea now of, of what, the, what the keynote for that will be or what the, the primary message will be? Or will it be really kind of a reconvening of people who came last May? Yeah, so this, this year we're, we're still in stages of, of reaching out to all of our speakers, but it, we are looking to have some, you know, national outdoor recreation company rep representation at the conference, as well as, I mean, we have a new brand new governor of the state who has pledged that she will be creating an office of outdoor recreation for the state of New Mexico. Uh, that will certainly be done probably in the next few months. And so we're hopeful the governor will be at this conference along with our new congresswoman, Social Plota Small, and our new land commissioner. We have the first female land commissioner in the state of New Mexico named Stephanie Garcia Richard, who is embracing outdoor recreation on our state's uh, 13 million acres of state trust land. So it's, it's going to be a conference that's going to be bigger, better than before, even. Uh, going to be hard to do but no last conference was awesome but this one will hopefully be equally as awesome and with unique speakers different speakers 
Uh, although there's a few folks, frankly, from last time who did a phenomenal job who have a whole lot to share that we may be inviting back. So stay tuned. <laughs> Go to Outdoor And you know what? It's in Silver City. We're in a we're in an even bigger room, but uh, but it's not an unlimited size room. And and registration's only forty dollars. So if you want to come and take a few days in southwestern New Mexico and we're going to have opportunities for folks to get outdoors and go into the Gila and maybe do a little fly fishing or a little rafting. Uh, check out some of the other amenities. Make sure that there's an event right page. You can actually reserve your space right now. And uh, we'll let you know about we've got some good rates and some local hotels and love to have you join us. What do you, what do you think the average temperature in early October in New Mexico is? Man, in this area, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be low 80s, uh, low, low 80s, that's, I want to say, so maybe high, high 70s, so that, be comfortable. That sounds pretty beautiful awesome. Fall. I'm looking at, uh, oh, man. I'm looking at single digits, yeah. digits out there today, so that uh, sounds awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, you know, it's uh, December. Yeah. This will be, uh, this will be, you know, fall, great fall time weather. So, and uh, hopefully there'll be some water in the river and be a good time. So uh, shifting a little bit to the idea of the Office of Outdoor Recreation at the state level, I mean, you've said that the governor has pledged to create that. You were a, a sponsor of, uh, of a memorial last spring or something. Is that the term for it? Just to kind of to, um, yeah. to try to create funding for evaluation? Is, is, that, is that how it started? Yeah, um, it started with a memorial. It was actually two years ago in the legislature to ask our state government to study the idea of creating a state office and what its mission to be. Uh, and I asked both the tourism and the economic development department to work together on it. And it did get the state government. Now, a memorial is a non-binding piece of legislation that just asks for something to happen and it doesn't carry the weight of law because it's a study and that's kind of legislatively how we encourage those kinds of things. And it definitely got conversation going in state government. They did do some research, put together some data on the value of the uh, outdoor um, industry to the state of New Mexico, which is incredible. I mean, according to the Outdoor Industry Association, it's a $9.9 billion industry in the state. Um, so ultimately, um, and then, of course, what that memorial did, though, was it got lots of other organizations extremely excited about um, the possibility of this happening in New Mexico. Sure. So from the advocacy side of the world, you know, lots of new voices came into play urging, you know, our policymakers to create this office. And so it's just grown to a fever pitch. And then actually right before Outdoor Economics Conference, I met with the, uh, met with the governor-elect then at a coffee shop in downtown Las Cruces and told her about this concept and what other Western states were doing. And it took her all of five seconds to say, absolutely. She turns to her aid, let's do it. I'm on it. And uh, made the announcement, we made the announcement of her support. I mean, she publicly made it. We announced it at the conference, uh, what, two days later. That's fantastic. So it was really exciting. And, and then at that point, we were still before primary. One of our other candidates also announced that he would support it. So this, the conference, again, was a great catalyzing moment to bring that policy opportunity into focus. And, you know, in terms of, you know, uh, obviously there's a there's a ton of proponents and a ton of advocates for this. And there was a little bit of, 
you know, natural, healthy skepticism, but it really came from just the organization and where it might land in the state government. Is there has there been any 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 clarity on that? I mean, is it have those folks sort of eased off wanting to fold it into another department and are, are comfortable with it being its own, or is that still a, a, an issue of conversation? Oh, that we're definitely still in that conversation stage about where this office will be located. And uh, I think we all believe it should be in an office, not a standalone kind of an entity. I mean, it is its own office, but um, I think there's a lot of benefits to being aligned with an office, the Tourism and Economic Development, because you're leveraging the other staff and programs within that department. And a cabinet secretary that has, you know, more uh, leverage and clout at the table with the governor. Um, but it's really, you know, in terms of marketing dollars and promotional assets, it's, it's really good. So, yeah, no, there's a lot of discussion about should it be in, in the Department of Tourism, for example, or the Department of Economic Development. And those are those are things that, uh, at least from our standpoint, from my standpoint as a legislator, hasn't been worked out. The governor-elect certainly may have some ideas, but, uh, you know, we're, there are lots of conversations will be had and we'll figure out what makes the most sense. What is the, you know, for for those of us who aren't, you know, um, hanging on every step of the New Mexico legislative session, what are the other big topics that are in the room? Um, you know, obviously, you know, you and I are both big fans of the outdoor recreation economic conversation, but what are some of the other, you know, big things that might be competing for oxygen in that space right now? Everything. It's New Mexico, we're, we're blessed right now to have a massive surplus because of oil and gas production in the state. We have a, anywhere from a billion dollars on up of, quote, new money in the state. So, and we've been through a lot of pain and, and austerity last few years in New Mexico and kind of austerity policies, frankly, under our old governor, outgoing governor. Hmm. So we took kind of an austere approach to dealing with those tough times. And so, you know, lots of departments got slashed and their reserve funds taken away and higher education got strained. And so we're doing a lot of backfilling of uh, state government right now right. to just build up the government on the level of services that our people need and to keep at-harm, you know, at-risk kids safe and, you know, help our schools. And I think there's going to be huge investments in public education in the state, this session, uh, people with disabilities um, and, and their programs, developmental disabilities, so a lot of needs-based services, which really should be the first thing we address. But um, so, so in the grand scheme of things, creating a state, you know, an office of outdoor recreation with a handful of staff is a really small item. And we know, uh, again, from the research that uh, for the money, according to the State Department of Tourism, we get an $8 to $1 return on investment for the money we invest in um, promoting outdoor recreation. So. It's also good and always good to how you can move forward and grow your economy even when you're meeting basic challenges and create jobs and opportunity. And New Mexico is a state that's rich with land and rich with culture, uh, but a lot of poverty. And But we're blessed with all these beautiful landscapes all over the state. So it's just really a low-hanging fruit opportunity for us to strengthen and diversify our economy in the state all over. So the outdoor rec piece is an important piece, and it has a lot of bipartisan support, which is great. Yeah, I, I, so it's, 
it, that seems to be a common thread in every state that I talk to people. And, you know, it's, it's, it's almost beyond bipartisan to just being nonpartisan. Um, yeah. You, you know, you talked a little bit about um, uh, what some of the other states in the West are doing, but as well as some of the speakers that came to your outdoor economics conference last spring who really kind of nailed it on the head and would likely get an invite back. Who, who are some of the, the people in the, in the outdoor economic state level movement around the country that are, are inspiring to you or that you're that you look to for uh for for positive ideas yeah i'll mention you uh three names i mean uh tom adams in utah and the work they're doing in utah is just really kind of a gold standard of how they incorporate different elements of infrastructure to promotion to branding um for their state so just an incredible inspiration. A local local guy named Kevin Dugan, who runs Visit Ben in Ben, Utah, and he's just an absolute pro at promoting outdoor rec and how they have melded into every fabric, bit of fabric of the promotion of Ben, Utah, and how he explains the importance of that vision. In fact, I was relating that with city officials here in Las Cruces this morning about how comprehensive how fundamental a brand of your promoting public lands is to a community and how, why it can be more beneficial than almost anything else you could do in terms of branding and economic development. But, um, and then, uh, of course, Luis Benitez, the infamous celebrity within the outdoor rec community, who's the state director of the Colorado program. Um, Luis has been a great inspiration and ambassador for promoting outdoors and why we promote outdoors. And, and he was also a local official, so he, he um, he's given a lot of good insights about what he dealt with as a city trustee and how they invested in bikes and bike paths and did research and, uh, you know, really transformed the economy of a little community. So he's been great. And, you know, but all the other folks that we brought for the conference have become friends and mentors to us, like Savaki Merch and Kenjai up in California you know, Suzanne Catlett and Escalante, the list just goes on and on. Yeah. It's a wonderful, wonderful experience for us and just becoming part of that family. I mean, it's interesting, you know, in, in terms of the work that um, that whole group is doing and the work that you're doing there, you know, it's it starts out in a place uh, where you sort of think you know what, you know, all the players and all the pieces, and then the farther you go down the road, you you, you start meeting new people and, and learning new things. What do, you, what do you see as, I mean, um, you know, now that you've got, um, you know, a governor's pledge to create an office of outdoor recreation, you have a successful conference on your calendar, which is another sort of key piece to this puzzle. What's, what's the, the next big thing that um, is, is sort of in your, in your sights right now that, 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 uh, that we'd be talking about a year from now? Well, our conference is, of course, a big, big thing for us that um, is going to be a big, epic event again here in the state of New Mexico that will be will be a catalyzing moment for what we're doing. We're going to have a new office. We're going to talk about where we're going as a state. So for the state of New Mexico, that will be an incredibly catalyzing event for us. We, uh, we started an award-winning, and I say award-winning because the New Mexico Hospitality Association just named it the best event of the state or 
we started an event out of New Mexico Wilderness Science called Monuments to Main Street, partnered with the City of Las Cruces. It happens the entire month of September. Where we have created lots of new tours, hikes, promoting existing festivals in Las Cruces and Doniana County and the Hatch Chili Festival. Um, so we're planning Monuments to Main Street. Also, the city, several months ago, we worked on creating a resolution that they passed that makes outdoor recreation a targeted economic in the city. And we're looking to expand on that with the county and, uh, and now working on a plan for how we in this county can you know, utilize our national monuments in the region and our other public lands. And the new Rio Grande Trail, which goes through our county, which is a statewide new recreation trail. How we can promote all these things and promote healthier lifestyles and quality of life for local people. So, so back to where the conversation started. I'm juggling. We're Drew. We're, we're, <laughs> we're, we're, all these great ideas. I was going to say that was a nice, nice job of bringing it all full circle. I mean, it is a. Uh... You know, it's one of those uh, one of those areas of work where, you know, I think, you know, we're all any any time you're able to work in this space and do it on something that you actually care about. You know, you should feel pretty lucky. And it sounds like you do feel lucky. But uh, hey, Jeff, I, I really you. appreciate your time. You know, um, I will uh, I'll put all the links to everything you talked about in the bio on this uh, on this podcast. And I'll let you know as soon as it's up. Hey, thank you, Drew. My honor. Great talking with you about all this. And thanks for Thanks for uh, spreading, the, spreading the word. My, my pleasure. I look forward to catching up with you about, uh, about everything a little bit further down the road. Thanks. You too, partner. All right. Take, take care. Take it easy.